0: Rachel Hampton and I'm Candace Lim and you're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it Slate's podcast about internet culture and if this is the year of the celebrity breakup
1: I also think it's the year of the celebrity memoir because within weeks we've got the Jada Pinkett Smith book then we have the Britney Spears memoir which has already leaked some pretty juicy details that have only confirmed that me still being offended about Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson is uh, more than warranted. So at this rate, Candace, are we going to drop a memoir?
0: I mean, why not? But also I have to say, you know, I'm not the biggest celebrity memoir person, but I have definitely been tempted to read Britney's because, you know, like every suspicion that the subreddit pop culture chat has had about Justin Timberlake is being backed up and like every time he is trending it's always like oh here's another instance where Justin Timberlake has like ruined the career of a successful woman and that is why. I'm like, Anna Kendrick, listen up, listen up, a.k.a. his co-star in the Trolls franchise. You need to watch your back, girly. You need to encrypt your text messages, okay? Yeah,
1: like I said, this has only really confirmed my general uh, suspicion of JT ever since he basically left my girl Janet for dead. Mm. Let's never forget. Mm -hmm. Also confirms an opinion that I recently came to because I'm gonna be completely honest. I was not really an instinct girly. Besides like the big songs, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know the dances, but recently maybe because of Britney or the fact that NSYNC briefly got back together for something, TikTok has been showing me a lot of old videos of NSYNC and I'm like, I actually feel like JC should have had what Justin Mm -hmm. has. JC was the better vocalist yeah where's jc (laughs) yeah but back to the topic at hand i think celebrities mainly write memoirs because of money which most of the things i do are for money so (laughs) get the bag but maybe they also just have a lot to get off their chest and they want to do it in the most fiscally advantageous way possible so instead of you know going on the cover of people magazine i wanted to ask candace is there anything you'd like to let out today in a fiscally advantageous way because we do sell ads against this stuff so
0: that is so funny because yes I do thank you for asking I mean let me start off by asking Rachel have you ever had like an internet boyfriend so not like a Riz Ahmed or an Oscar Isaac but did you ever have like a club penguin boyfriend or like a brain pop significant other
1: yeah I did tell me more I think about this, I think, once every three months. Like, where is he? I met him on (laughs) Omegle, which... (laughs)
0: So sketchy. I know, but continue.
1: <laughs> me and one of my best friends used to go on Omegle, as you do, and talk to strangers. And we found this one guy whose name was Eric, and he was allegedly our age. And someone recently told me, as I told this story, that like he could have just been lying about his age. But we became Facebook friends, and he would have really had to work hard to get the kind of like embarrassing middle school photos that were on his profile. And I just feel like that feels very sophisticated for like 2007. You know, like, it felt like a real profile. And people were commenting from his high school, like, that feels really... (laughs) Right that feels really advanced maybe it was a scam maybe not anyway me and Eric used to talk all day every day I would come home I would get on aim like we would just chat he was in love with me I was like this is getting a bit too intense I need to like focus <laughs> on my life and so I was like I can't keep coming home and talking for hours. I have homework. And we kind of broke up, I guess. And he was very sad about it. And honestly, ever since I started this show, I've always thought, what is Eric doing? Is he okay? Does he remember me? So, Eric, if you're out there, it is me, Rachel. We did talk. Um, Hit me up. I would like to explore this time together. That's my story.
0: Wait, I am so weirdly touched by this. Um, <laughs> I want him to listen to this episode so we can do maybe like a Valentine's Day reunion. And like we'll also pull one of my random crushes from like elementary school or something. It'll be a double date, you see. Um, Where was he? Where was Eric geographically?
1: Um, I believe in the state of Pennsylvania
0: Okay, so US It wasn't like an Australian Oh,
1: no, 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 no He also has a very common last name So I think every few months I try to search him up And I'm reminded that he has the most common last name in the world Mm. Anyway, so that's my story I'm assuming you have one too Otherwise
0: you wouldn't be asking (laughs) (laughs) That was really beautiful I loved learning that about you, Rachel Thank you so much for being phone on Maine Um, so was recently thinking about my previous dalliances as well. It's the end of the year. Why not? And I specifically was a bit of a temptress on a little site called Club Penguin. I was a bit of a thirsty penguin, but let me back it up. Okay. The way Club Penguin is set up is you like log on and there's all these servers, these like worlds you can pop into, and they're not different from each other, but they just have like fun different names like Belly Slide, Bunny Hill, Inverno. They're just like goofy. So every day I would come home from school, I would log on to my favorite server, and I would literally go up to random penguins and I would like ask them to be my boyfriend. And Club Penguin, very notorious for having like very censored chat capabilities. So there's just like some words you cannot even type out. And so in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish, I need to be quick. I got to be sneaky. So I would go up to said penguins in the coffee shop in the nightclub and I would just type out BF (laughs) question (laughs) mark.
1: So, I was (laughs) never on Club Penguin, so every single thing I hear about it is, like, unlocking a world that was adjacent to mine, but I never quite entered into, and it's beautiful. You were Mm. so straight to the point. Maybe we should go back to that. (laughs) What if I just started walking up to people in coffee shops, and I (laughs) just sidle up, and I'm like, BF (laughs) question (laughs) mark?
0: And... I think Hinge would go bankrupt because this is clearly this clearly worked for me and I'll tell you why. So Mm -hmm. I would ask them the question. I would be coupled up and I was like, maybe this is why I love Love Island, UK, because that's pretty much what they do as well. But it recently has been brought to my attention that I would do this a lot. Like I didn't keep a spreadsheet or like a running list of who I'd couple up with. So, you know, I'd log on, snatch a boo, go to their igloo, mess around, log off. And then I would just do the same thing the next day. And because I was so, like, copy-paste with this, you know, I do it with frequency. And I think it's time to admit that I have cheated on every single one of my 65 Club Penguin boyfriends that I know of. I have some questions. Oh, <laughs>
1: the please first ask, one, please ask. Please ask. The first one is, what do you mean it's recently been brought to your to- attention? <laughs>
0: Who brought this to your attention? (laughs) Me, I brought it to my own attention. (laughs) I I actually think what it is is just like we've been talking about Jada and Will and all their transgressions earlier this summer. We've been talking about Ariana Grande and the way that she just kind of like allegedly overlaps her boyfriends here and there. And sometimes there's these moments where I'm like, do I hate them or do I hate myself?
1: i mean you really did go beyond ghosting this is Mm. you left them for dead like Mm -hmm. i left my nintendogs for dead like (laughs) (laughs) like maybe unfaithful by rihanna was actually about you
0: (laughs) no i mean like when confessions part two by usher came out i was like finally a song from my perspective (laughs) and look I will admit it. Sometimes I would acquire two penguin boyfriends in a day. Okay. I would like go on the bubblegum server. I'd hit them with the proposal. I'd move to the half pipe server, do the same thing, invite them over to my igloo. And I think of like all my transgressions, that was the worst part, which is that, you know, I would invite these penguins to my house. I would tell them like, Hey, make yourself at home. And then I would go to another penguin's house and I'd do my cheating while my boo was at home watching my puffles. Like, I had a system. So you were
1: basically kind of running these igloos like they were pods on Love is Blind. Yes. And, like, I don't want to make you feel too guilty. Clearly, this has been weighing on you. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> since Venus retrograde started. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe you weren't a serial che- cheater. Maybe you just coined the term pickup artist. Uh. Which isn't great either, but owning up to it after all these years is definitely very brave. And I think the first step to recovery.
0: Thank you so much for your compassion. I mean, I'm not going to say Catfish, the TV show, was based off me. I'm just going to say I did it first. And um, that is me taking myself to the red table. That is me confessing my entanglements publicly on Facebook Watch, a.k.a. this podcast. But you know what? I feel lighter. I really do.
1: I'm so happy. I'm so proud of
0: you. Thank you. And Rachel, I do have to say, you know, I tell this story and I can't help but ask, does this change the way you (laughs) see me? Like, could you (laughs) trust me theoretically in an igloo with your man?
1: You know, I think I need some time to process this information before I Mm -hmm. give you an answer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll let you know. TBD. TBD. Mm -hmm. TBD. Um, But, you know, we all have a past, Mm -hmm. especially on the Internet. And today we're going to hear about someone else's early Internet past.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. You might know our guest today as the fashion writer behind Control C. It's a series where she dresses like Bella Hadid, Hailey Bieber or Lori Harvey for a week. And on today's show, we're talking to Teen Vogue associate editor Ayana Ishmael about her Internet habits and her evolving fandoms. We'll be back with Ayana after a short break. Hey there. If you love her podcast, then maybe you should consider subscribing to Slate Plus. With Slate Plus, there are no ads on any Slate podcasts, And Slate Plus helps keep this podcast going because this show would not be possible without your support. With Slate Plus, you'll get bonus segments and episodes for shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, and the waves. You'll also never hit a paywall on the Slate website, meaning you get access to every article and every advice column. Just visit Slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That's Slate.com slash ICYMI plus. And we're back. Today we are joined by Ayana Ishmael. She is the associate editor at Teen Vogue. Hi Ayana. Hi. So we're so
1: excited to have you here um, to kind of get inducted into the ICYMI universe, a.k.a. the ICU. There's one question we have to ask every guest, which is, what is your first internet memory?
2: Honestly, I grew up on the internet. I was born in 98, and so I went to school where, like, first grade. We were online every day. And so I did a lot of those educational websites. One of like the ones I did the most all the time. Like I was weird. My mom always wondered why I would like after school still just play on them. And one of them was called Starfall. And it was like reading comprehension yes. and all these different things. And that's my first memory with the internet. I was definitely like in pre-K, and first grade.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's beautiful. You were like, I want to go home and learn more. That's fantastic. Now we ask a question that we do love, which is, what was the first fandom you joined and where did you find them?
2: So I feel like I definitely was between two at the same time my first two fandoms I was a believer I was just a believer girl down
0: <laughs> beautiful and
2: that was definitely um I want to say Weirdly enough, I only had a small community because my mom only let me have Facebook when I was younger. So I didn't get on to the other sites until a little bit older. But it was like finding community, like the Facebook pages that were Justin Bieber fans. That was my first introduction. And then I also was a really big dance mom's. Girl oh my god. Growing up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, but I was mostly like on the YouTube side of that fandom. Like I was just the one watching the fan edits and all the like YouTube deep dives when I was younger. Those were like, I was I'm um, I still am a dance mom stand. Like we could talk about that all day long. But those were my first two.
1: Wow. So when everyone was asking what the fuck is a JoJo Siwa, you were like, actually. Yes.
2: Hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like i could go on forever because jojo was originally in the competition version of the dance mom show and that's Mm -hmm. when we first met her and then she became an original kind of member on the main stage series
1: so what does a typical day on the internet look like for you i'm assuming you like us are like i'm not gonna check my phone as soon as i get out of bed and then your alarm rings and you turn it off and then you look at your phone as soon as you wake up
2: yeah, I unfortunately, it's a habit I don't know if I'm ever going to break. I'm on my phone like from the moment I wake up, and it's not the best habit, but I think I'm just so used to like checking to see what's going on. And so, honestly, as soon as I wake up, weirdly enough, I go to TikTok mm-hmm. and I'm just like, what's on the For You page this morning? Like, what's being chaotic? And then I think I'll go to Twitter or I guess X. Um, whichever we want to call it. <laughs> but I'll go to Twitter after and kind of do a scroll. I feel like Instagram, I rarely look at these days, because there's not like unless I'm looking at like my own stories or my own posts, like I feel like I don't see a lot of news or anything that feels like, oh, let me scan. Maybe besides like a few celebrities here and there that like posts an outfit or something. But for the most part, I feel like TikTok and Twitter, I, even just like Now with like outfits, like when I opened my For You page on TikTok, the first thing I got was um, Travis, Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like leaving after Saturday Night Live. And like people were talking about like how cute they look. And I literally was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, I feel like TikTok now takes over to you on outfits.
0: That's super interesting. And, you know, social media, definitely a part of your job. And one of the questions that we get a lot as people who cover the Internet and talk about culture is... How do you have fun on the internet when it's your job? So we want to ask you that same question.
2: I think for me, it's honestly just like being myself online. I get a lot of people being like, oh my God, you're so funny. You're like, how have you built this brand? And I'm like, there is no branding. I literally am just posting whatever I want to post. If it's like me being silly, thirsting over Timothy Chalamet, like I'm going to post <laughs> it. And like, if it's an article, the next slide, I'm going to do it too. Like, I feel like that's the only way I'm still having fun on the internet especially since it's so connected to like the work that I do and also like becoming in the sense like a media public figure. I guess like people come to my page now and they see that I'm attached to Teen Vogue. And so I think that's the only way I can keep it fun for myself is literally just posting whatever I want. Like all the memes, all the Twilight jokes, I just let them like fly out because I'm like, it's still my page. And I don't want to ever like not let it be that.
1: Is there any kind of boundaries that you have in terms of like, I am just not going to cover this ever because I just want it to be for me. Like this is my own special little treat.
2: I feel like it comes and it goes, honestly, because since I work mostly with fashion, I don't lose a lot of like my shows or anything. I think I cover like Outer Banks for the culture section a lot because that's one of my favorite shows. And so... I think it's more fun when I get to like step into the culture arena of things, uh, especially because I watch a lot of different shows here and there. And so I think on the style side, it's not as much of a problem because it usually is like, okay, like this just the celebrity is wearing this or the celebrity did that. So I never feel like, oh, I'm like losing out on this because most celebrities I'm like, they're always doing something silly. It doesn't feel like personally attached to me where I feel like shows It's a little different, but since I don't do it often, I'm more excited to, like, please let me talk to, like, JJ and Pope from Outer Banks. Like, that's so cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I actually wanted to ask, as, like, a fashion editor, I feel like because of TikTok, fashion trends move so much faster than they used to. I feel like every few days I'm learning about a new kind of core, like Goblin Core or Gorp Core or Norm Core. And I... Wanted to ask, how do you kind of parse what's real, what's an actually kind of grassroots trend and what is just kind of like resurfaced fluff that's being hyped up?
2: Yeah, I think it's just um, the longevity of the trend. That's what I look at, especially when we're thinking about what we're covering, like how quickly things phase in and out. For me, that's usually the judgment of like, okay, is this something that's actually a thing? Or is this just another like variant of something like even just thinking about there was a like I think it was like a month and a half where everyone was being like vanilla girl trend. And all it was was dressing in like mute tones and like kind of feeding off of like the minimalist like rich girl Sophia Richie aesthetic. And I feel like those are all just the same thing. We're just adding crazy names to them. And so I think it's definitely like how long. Something actually lasts, and also is it connected to like a past trend? Like, obviously, Y2K that's like we're having a huge resurgence right now. That's something that existed obviously in the early 2000s. So, in my eyes, like Y2K is always going to be relevant because we lean a lot in fashion on nostalgia, and like people get excited when they can connect back to something that's like older. And so, I feel like Y2K is something that we're never going to lose, it's going to always be around like 10 years from now. I would be shocked if people weren't still dressing like Y2K because it's always connected back to like that time in our life where like, even if you were like five, you're like, I want to feel like how I felt back then. And so you're going to stick to, it. and even for me, like Y2K is like, I'm th- I think of all of my favorite like shows like That's So Raven and mm-hmm. like the Lizzie McGuire show, like obviously just like all those celebrities in the early 2000s and their style sense. I'm always going to want to recreate that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you definitely have your finger on the fashion pulse because earlier this year you did this really great experiment for Teen Vogue where you dressed like Bella Hadid for a week. And I loved this piece. I just felt like your dedication was top notch. Like you had the pap photos, the Ugg boots with the micro shorts. It was just so well done. And I kind of been dying to ask you, how did you come up with this idea? And like, how did you choose which looks you wanted to do?
2: Yeah. So it's funny. I just got asked this question the other day and everyone was like so shocked by it, but it literally was just like, again, me being silly on the internet. Mm -hmm. This was back when I was still using Twitter circles. And I think it was like November, December of last year. And I, on my Twitter circle, I literally had like just a couple of my coworkers and I was like, who's going to let me dress up like Bella Hadid and talk about her style? Because I feel like I personally like Bella's style Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't. And I just think it's cool. When it comes to -to day-to-day stuff, she doesn't have a stylist. Like what she Mm -hmm. wears on the streets when we see her is her own personal choice. And I feel like to me, fashion and style is subjective, but a lot of people don't believe it is. And so people obviously like to talk about other people's style sense, but I feel like personal style is so exactly what it's called. It's personal to you. And so I literally just like jokingly like posted, I was like, who's going to let me do this? And my coworker was like, literally, why didn't you just like message me? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so literally I was like, my bad. And so we just started mapping it out. And I was like, I like these looks, I'm going to go for it. And then it obviously blew up. We didn't know it was going to blow up, but obviously we're very grateful just because clicks on the site are always the goal. And so once it blew up, you we were like, oh, let's make this a series. And so it's been really fun to like have this like column where I can get kind of personal and like open up about my connection relationship with clothes and fashion and how I view my body in them. And so it's been fun to get to explore that on like such a large platform, like Teen Vogue.
1: Do you have a favorite Bella Hadid outfit that you also wore?
2: Ooh. So I like, weirdly enough, I did enjoy wearing the like platform of boots with the white booty shorts. I mm. thought that was just like, so out of my comfort zone, that I was like, mm-hmm. "This is so fun!" And I think I always laughed. I was like, "That was the one look um, that that day." Literally, I ran into so many people like in the office, and I was like, "I'm not dressed in any way that I want anyone important to be looking at me right now." Mm-hmm. But here they are.
1: <laughs> yes, I can just imagine you at One World Trade Center getting into the elevator, and there's Anna Wintour, and you're oh like, my "God, <laughs> <laughs> yes." Those are the platform of boots <laughs> and the white booty shorts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And did Bella say anything? I have to ask. Oh, my God. Yes. She told me I slayed.
2: Like she, <gasps> That was the craziest thing because obviously when you're doing something, you're hoping people will see it. But you're not thinking, oh, this celebrity is going to see it. And so right. when she – I remember it was like 11 p.m. the day that I we had posted the story. And I, like, was confused by, like, my notifications were being a little weird and I literally saw, I was like, Bella Hadid just commented on my Instagram. I was like, this is a, like, it was just one of those moments where you're like, how did you get here? Because that one was just, like, viewed by a ton of people. Like, even, like, I got a, like, little Nas X liked it, and I was like, how did you get here? So it was, like, one of those moments where I was like, how are all these people seeing this post?
1: That is incredible. Can you, take us to the moment where you saw that Bella Hadid liked your photo or like had commented like what were you doing where were you at what were you eating oh my gosh
2: so funny enough I feel like it's so meta I was back home in Miami in my parents house in my like childhood bedroom and I don't even know why maybe it was like it was January so maybe I just hadn't gone back to New York yet but I literally was in Miami like in my bedroom just like scrolling being like ha ha ha," because I feel like whenever I go home I'm like Reverted back to my childhood, and I was just mm-hmm. like shook sitting in my bed, like calling my mom, like Bella commented. And my parents like love them to pieces, but they're sports people. My dad's a football coach, and so my dad is like, <laughs> Who's Bella? Like, why should I care about this? <laughs> and so it's always funny trying to explain to them when cool things at my job happen, and they're like, I literally have no clue
1: who this is. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. We can finally have a mutual point of yes, uh, discussion Yes, he got so
2: mad about that. He was like, I don't want to see her at the games anymore. Really? And he was like, I was like, I will say they are definitely pushing it. It's very funny to watch how, um, obviously, like I mentioned, I come from a sports family. So I'm very like, well-versed in football. I played volleyball and basketball. And so it's like literally interesting to see like my two worlds combined because so many people on, like, the fashion and, like, pop side of things. I've never heard of Travis Kelsey. And I was like, I've mm-hmm. known who he was for, like, years. And so it's very interesting him becoming famous on, like, that side of the world.
0: What is your take on Travis and Taylor?
2: I honestly am here for it. I think, like, he's super cute. They mm-hmm. look cute together. And honestly, like, I I love all her exes in different ways. But he, I, to me, he's the best boyfriend she could have right now. And I feel like they fit each other because... He kind of gets it. He's like super big in the football world and she's obviously Taylor Swift. She can sell out shorts that she wears to a football game in a minute. And so I think their dynamic works. And like, he's so tall. I'm here for when a tall girl is with a tall guy.
0: We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we will ask Ayana about her golden rule for engaging online and her relationship to Timothy Chalamet after the incident. And we're back with Teen Vogue Associate Editor Ayana Ishmael. So, we
1: were talking about fandoms earlier, and I just think that we have to bring up one person that you may or may not have tweeted about before. Obviously, we're talking about Timothy Chalamet. On September 5th, Ayana, you posted this iconic Notes app statement, and I would just love to bless our listeners with a few lines because. You know, this is a statement done right. We've had a lot of statements done wrong and people should take notes. Your statement says, hello, everyone. Yes, I have seen the video. No, I will not be providing any further comments on the situation. Timothy no longer knows where home is and I am processing that loss as we speak. (sighs) Just... It's beautiful. For the uninitiated, this was in response to a video of Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet allegedly going public at one of the LA Beyonce Renaissance shows. So first, I want to ask, Ayanna, how are you doing? Are you okay?
2: Honestly, I am so well. It's like, you know, I'm in the phase where you finally let go of that ex-boyfriend that's been shooting you along, you know, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) So what was your relationship to Timmy before you released him into the wild where he clearly wants to be?
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was just freaking out about this because I don't want to be back to being a super fan, but the GQ profile mm-hmm. was so right. good. Right. And I was like, why would you guys do this to me? This is not the time for me to be back in love with him. But I hate to be the obnoxious person, but I've been like an OG Timothée fan for years. So funny story, I went to a performing arts high school for a theater and I was a freshman and there was a senior in my theater program. Her name is Jessica Darrell. She was in the Disney movie Encanto, if you've ever seen the oh, the strong okay. one. So yeah. she's an amazing superstar. She won this program called Young Arts. And so that was also the same year, Timothy won Young Arts. And so we were all watching in support of her. And he happened to perform his number right before hers. And so I have been in love with him. I remember just like watching it with my friends being like, who's that boy? He's so, cause obviously like all the, like being in theater, you like theater boys are always a very particular kind of guy that you're like obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Like in the real world, maybe you wouldn't be, but like when you're in theater, it just feels so different. And so mm-hmm. I've been a fan of his since he won young arts back in 2013. And obviously I've been following his career since then. And he's obviously exploded into the ether. And so it's really wild to always be like, yeah, I've been a fan forever, but I really have. And so honestly, I've loved him for a long time. I just think he's talented and he's so cute. Like, how can you not? Like my mom hates it, but she's like, okay, girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, Ayana. Do you have any personal rules for engaging online? So like, how often do you post? Where? More importantly, how do you pick who to fight and who to ignore?
2: That's actually a good one. I don't fight anyone on the internet. Like that is my number one rule because like, especially people I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. even if I know you, I'm going to text you. Like if I, or if I value you as like a person in my world, I'm going to hit you up offline. I like I I've, I've made that my number one rule just because I just don't want to sit and go back and forth with someone that literally is just here to antagonize me. It's something that I had to teach my mom because oh. my mom is a fighter. Like in real life and online, she does not like anyone that talks about her kids. And so I remember when I first started working at Teen Vogue, and it was the same time that my brother, um, he, my little brother, plays football. And he was at the University of Miami. Now he's at Marshall University, and so she would get into like arguments with people when they would like talk about my little brother, and like, mm-hmm. and it, she would like like fight with them. And I'm like, girl, I'm like, delete all this. And she's like, why? Oh my god, they're being mean. And I'm like, they're trolls. Like that's their job. Yeah. Like that's what they're choosing to do. Don't give them the ben- like the the satisfaction to know that they like you're upset. And so that's something I have to tell her all the time. And so she's gotten good at it. She just starts ignoring it. But that's always been my mindset. Like, even when I think I was, I want to say a junior in college, I was doing an internship at MediaWise at the Pointer Institute. And I did a fact-checking thing about the Wayfair drama. I don't know if you guys were, like, a part yes. of that. The, like, trafficking Wayfair yes. situation. My job was to fact-check things at MediaWise. And so I obviously fact-checked, and I was like, this is not real. And I made the mistake because, like, my boss was like, yeah, you should have just said, like, the reporter, Ayana. But I put that I was an intern. And so immediately everyone oh. starts bashing me. They're like, you let your intern fact-check this? Like, obviously, it's she's wrong. And so I was getting nasty replies. People were DMing me like very ugly things. And I remember just ignoring all of them. And then there was one that was just like so vile and mean to me, just like calling me every single word in the book, being like, you're so dumb. You're so that. And I literally replied back and I was like, do you feel like good about yourself for saying all this to me? And I think they didn't think I would reply. So then immediately they're backtracking. They're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to be so aggressive. I was just like upset. And I was like, That's why I try not to reply to people, but like maybe sometimes it does work because I think especially when like you're a big account or like if you go viral, people forget that there's like a real human behind it. And so I think it's always like I try to like limit my interaction with people like that don't already know me and don't like follow me, especially the people that are just replying because they found the tweet or they found the post. Like I get that now a lot with control C. I'll get a lot of mean DMs from obviously people just being rude. And so it's very interesting to like see all of that. And so for me, I like try to put a little space, especially like if I don't follow that person, I'm not usually engaging with it because it's like it's not healthy, too, Mm -hmm. because it's like we we, one We weren't supposed to know this many people anyway. I wasn't supposed to know everyone's thoughts the way that we're allowed to on social media. Mm -hmm. so. I like putting a little bit of space in between who I engage with and who I interact with on all sites. I feel like TikTok is the only one that's still super chill. I rarely got anything mean on TikTok, which is Mm -hmm. like crazy to say, but grateful.
1: (laughs) That's so interesting that TikTok is the platform that is the least vile. I just feel like things get so intense there sometimes.
2: Oh, for sure. I was like, I'm glad I don't, I see the comments, but I'm glad that mine aren't too bad.
1: Mm, mm -hmm, Definitely. Next, we wanted to ask, what is your most deeply held, but least provable internet conspiracy theory? I
2: feel like this is maybe not solely an internet theory, but it's definitely my, I believe it to be true. I say every day that Drake isn't actually a rapper and that he is still 100% cosplaying as one and he's just method acting. That is my biggest oh. belief. I stand behind that. I was a huge Degrassi girl. He was a rapper in Degrassi. I think he's just method acting. I think he's seeing how far he can take it. He's raising the stakes. He's improving. He's seeing what can he do and how many people will still believe in him and still support him no matter what he does. I think he's an act- I think he's a great actor. He's one of the greatest actors, you know?
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> I stand
2: behind that. I think he's an actor. I don't think he's a rapper.
1: Honestly, sometimes I hear conspiracy theories and I'm immediately like, "You know what? I believe this. This is yeah. mine now." And this is one of them.
2: Like I, I it it makes so much sense. If you watch and you see how he behaves, like he's definitely just he's like, um, I'm a theater kid. Um, we had this improv game called raise the stakes and you basically were duetting with a person. And like each time you said something, you had to raise the stakes. So it'd be like, Oh, I'm going for a walk. And be like, well, I'm going for a run. I'm doing it outside. I'm doing it up a mountain. Like, like you just keep going up and up, and raising the stakes. I feel like that's what he's doing with his, like his life. He's just saying, what can he do? <laughs> and what can
1: he get away with? How wow. can he keep raising the stakes? Wow. Exactly. Wow. You know what? That's performance art. You mentioned at the top of the show a little franchise called Twilight. You are amongst people who loved, maybe still do love Twilight, which means mm-hmm. I have to and add it's why hard Team Edward or Team Jacob?
2: So I just, I feel like I make this joke with every, like, love triangle because I always say, like, Team Edward, socially, Team Jacob, fiscally. Like, um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> so true <laughs> and so i always say i'm team jacob for myself if i were in the universe and mm-hmm. i had to pick mm. someone to be with forever i'm picking the like human wolf i feel right. like i could yes. live with that and i'm picking edward i'm team edward when it comes to bella as the main character of this thing. <laughs> i feel like he's obviously perfect for her and so yes. I think that's where I stand. I always was in the middle. I was just talking to my coworkers about this. I was, I made choices.
0: <laughs> wow. That's a great answer. It, it also seems like you're one of those people that like knew the question was coming and you're always prepared, oh. which is what TwiHard has to do.
2: I forget how much I post about Twilight on the internet because I was talking to a coworker and she was like, would you join like a uh, softball league? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And then she literally was like, you can do like the Alice kick from the movie. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for thinking of me. And she was like, "Ayana, we all know you're obsessed with Twilight. (laughs) Like that's not a secret. And I was like, oh, sorry. Like I was just like my coworker. Books were really important to me growing up, but I was especially obsessed with the Twilight series. And I was like the weirdo Sixth grader, seventh grader kid that I didn't read the last 100 pages of Breaking Dawn because I didn't want it to end. Right. <laughs> like, that's what wow. I was on. So right. I was like that weirdo. I was obsessed with the book series. I was like, I'm not letting this go.
1: <laughs> mm hmm. Twilight is Forever. If you were to institute one rule that everyone on the internet had to follow, what would it be?
2: Absolutely. If you wouldn't say it to my face, don't say it at all. Mm-hmm. I stand behind that. I feel like, I think I I mentioned this earlier, I think people get really bold when they are on the internet because it's this like 2D face that you're looking at and not an actual human that you're interacting with. And I feel like that also saves me a lot of time in my life when I come across tweets or posts that I'm like, oh, this just made me like angry. And it's like, I don't know them. They don't know me, would I actually take the time to go say that to them right now if I saw them? Probably not, so let's move on and so I think that's that needs to stand true, and then also, this is like petty it's like, I don't. I always think like I need people to leave like a two sentence review on why they unfollowed me. That's just always in my mind. <laughs> I need to know. It's not healthy but I need to know why you like what today what set you off today that made you want to leave this account like I need to know unfortunately
1: <laughs> Honestly I love that it's an exit interview like <laughs> Exactly unsubscribe
2: and say why exactly. you're unsubscribing
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> And you have to fill it out or else you can't unsubscribe <laughs>
2: Exactly. I was like, I need to know, like, was it something I said? Was it a joke? Mm-hmm. Did you not like the Timothy memes? Like, I just mm-hmm. want to know.
1: <laughs> yes. And it's like, will I change my behavior based on this feedback? No. Probably but I not. Know. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Ayana. classic question is, what meme do you reference the most?
2: Let me think. I'm gonna take ten seconds because all my friends that listen to this are gonna be like, She said the wrong one
0: <laughs> You can also <laughs> then, say multiple if you would like to. We'll give you that chance.
2: Okay, so first off, I'm always crying. Like that is a thing. I've like I could send you guys the picture, but I've literally I have pictures. Um I don't remember what time this was, but this was when like they made it a whole story, but when Bella Yes. he like posted about how yes. she cries and like takes selfies doing it. I do the same thing. People that make fun of her, I do it. It's sometimes it's fun It makes me laugh and it makes me stop crying. Mm-hmm. But I use Bella crying all the time, whether it's like the one the selfies like from that OG like story that came out or the ones of her crying at the US Open when Serena was losing. I use that often. <laughs> I also use all of the like I probably shouldn't cuz they were just children, but all of the dance moms girls when they're crying me all the time. I also use the New York one where she's sitting in the bed, posted up and like arms folded. I use that often. I think that absolutely describes me. And this is a gif, I guess, not a full meme, but it's always in my mind. I don't know who he's actually looking at, but the meme of Diddy looking back and forth, staring back and forth between like this other guy and him. It's oh, yeah. Like and then it phases to the other guy, and then it goes mm-hmm. back to him, and they're just staring at each other. Mm-hmm. I use that often. Like, re- oh, also, whenever it's usually always connected to Timothy, but I'm pretty sure it's from like one of these like African like TV shows. But he's like not a child, but he looks very small, and he's like carrying a knife, and he like slaps the knife on the ground. He's like, oh, no. Like, I use that one often too. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely, I'm always crying. Something's always upsetting me.
1: That's honestly so real and makes me want to ask: Are you a Pisces? I'm a Pisces moon. Real, I knew it.
2: rumor? exactly. I,
1: knew it. <laughs> I was like, "There's some Pisces energy in this chat right now."
2: One hundred percent.
1: Three members of our team are March Pisces.
2: <laughs> no way. Okay, yes. I see y'all. I'm not a deep astrology girl, but I I'm definitely in the trenches a little bit with it. Because I'm a Gemini sign so people give me a lot of, um, like, flack for that. And it's, like, I get it. Like, Geminis don't have a good rep, but I'm a mature Gemini. But I'm also <gasps> Pisces moon. And I think that takes up a lot of, like, my identity in real life. And then I'm also a Virgo rising, which I feel like is pretty accurate to my, like, workflow of things. But the mm-hmm. Pisces, like, moon, that's me through and through.
1: Wow, we have almost the exact same chart, but like mixed up. I'm a Pisces Sun, Gemini rising, Virgo moon. Oh my gosh, so
2: you're also in line? I wanna fact check, but Jack Harlow also has the same signs as us. <gasps> oh, I used to have an era where I was in love with him, so oh. I knew all of this
1: too. <laughs> <Not> Jack Harlow.
2: <laughs> yes, he has the same signs as us.
1: <laughs> wow. That I need to reevaluate my life based on that information. <laughs> All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a confession from Candace. Um, may they all be <laughs> as incredible as the one we heard today. <laughs> Please leave a rating, interview, and Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at icymi_pod. underscore pod. You cannot DM us there because Elon Musk continues to persist. But if you have any questions, any comments or concerns, you can drop us a note at IcyYMI at Slate.com.
0: IcyYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online.
1: Or in Candice's igloo.